Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky and today I'm joined by Timothy Yeager, who is a BCBA and our Vice President of Clinical Curriculum and Quality. Tim, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, Tim. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to chat about is uh, a new uh, team meeting structure that we've rolled out across our uh, clinicians and, and behavior technicians across the organization. And um, I think we wanted just to start off with uh, the why behind this initiative. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty clear. We want everyone working at Century to feel part of a team, feel part of Century, connected to the organization. We want to give them the tools to be effective. Um, and ultimately, like uh, we need to do a, a better job with our technicians and making them part of our organization. And so that's just one step along that path. Certainly. Yeah. And, you know, I can reflect on my time as a behavior technician and often the case for a lot of our staff who, you know, maybe they're providing services in home um, and, you know, they will see their, their BCBA or their supervisor for their weekly supervision meeting, but that might be their only real point of contact with, you know, really the organization um, throughout that week. Right. And for sure. uh, we want to start to create a better framework around supporting our teams and developing our, our culture um, among our clinicians and our, and our field staff. Yeah. I, I was a behavior tech at one point, 2008, uh, was when I first started when I first started in the field, and as a behavior technician, I can remember working in home programs, not knowing anyone else that was working in home programs really, and not knowing if what I was doing was the right thing, if what was happening to me was the right thing, if what I was being asked to do was like made sense. And I always go back to this one this one client that I was working in. There's a couple clients that like are always vivid in that first year, but one was a young boy and he spit and he would spit at me and spit at my face. And I was being asked to put in an escape extinction procedure and really asked to have this kid just keep spitting me in in the face. Mm -hmm. One, if you're doing that technician, it's like your supervising clinician that I told them, don't do that. That, That's (laughs) not what we want to be about. Mm -hmm. but at that time, I had no clue. Like, is this what is this the thing? I kind of wore it as a badge of honor. Yeah, like I'm, I'm getting spit on the face and I'm taking it and he's yeah. not going to win. But at the end of the day, it was really bizarre and I felt odd. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone else to talk to about it except for my, my BCB at the time. It was checking in like once every two weeks. And I felt alone and isolated. And, and I know in like reviewing the feedback from our technicians and a lot of the surveys that, that our technicians take, like, they feel alone as well. They feel disconnected from the organization. They don't feel like they're part of a team. They kind of feel like they're on an island. And we got to fix that. And we have to do a better job. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, Tim. And yeah, the the beauty of a the the beauty of the the procedure to describe with extinction, it's you know, you're often gonna see that behavior get worse. Right? Oh yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, you're having an extinction burst, you're getting spit on, it's it's miserable, and you need someone to talk to, right? All of us. Sure. You know, we, we really rely and depend on coworkers to be able to, in some regards, vent yeah. <laughs> and to gain support and to gain guidance and, and, and mentorship. I mean, I, I think 
I can probably speak for you in this to say that, you know, uh, I'm where I'm at today because I had mentors along the way that played a huge role in, in my development and support. And we want to just provide more opportunities for those interactions to occur. Right. And we're new to this process. We're going to be learning a lot through this process. And I think with any new initiative, starting with the why is the most important thing. Most definitely. There's, there's others. There's, there's two other points I, w- I would want to make is one, we need to be able to communicate with our technicians better. On any initiative, we need to establish a very clear communication channel um, and how information flows. And we haven't done the best job in that. And, you know, we got, we received feedback from our technicians of, you know, sometimes a clinician's telling me this information. Sometimes an FSM is telling me this information. Sometimes some random person from the organization is emailing me this information. Someone's calling me like, give me one person. Who's, who's my person. And, and clinically that, and as an organization, that's your BCBA, your supervising clinician should be that person. And we want to start setting up that channel. Um, and you're right, you know, creating a meeting structure and, and having weekly meetings isn't the fix for a culture, right? It can actually be a detriment to culture. But what it can do is, and our goal is, and, and where we're headed is, it starts to set the occasion for behavior to occur that we want it to occur, right? One behavior is the attending the meetings, but on top of that, that is not the end goal, right? It's like that these meetings start to establish an effective team start to establish that mentor relationship. And, and there's there's more things we're working on, but this is step one. But you're right. If you look at any of our practicum students here, any BCBAs that were techs at one point, they can point to a supervising clinician as the reason why they're here. And we got we to do, we got to make more situations like that occur. And yeah. so that, that's a lot of the work that we're doing here. Yeah. I like the point. One thing I just wanted to build off of your comment, Tim, on communication um, you know, we're doing a, a leadership series on, you know, uh, coaching and, and mentoring. And uh, one one point that I really resonated with me is that we, we can't effectively manage out of inboxes, right? Like <laughs> e- email is a tool, but it should not be the, the be all and end all when it comes to communications. And especially when we're working with, you know, dynamic teams across the country, it's a tool in the toolbox, but it's not the only thing. And so to have a structure where we have a, a weekly cadence that we can be able to effectively disseminate information from, you know, our executive clinical team through our regional clinical directors to their supervising clinicians, and then to our behavior technicians in a, you know, a 48 to 72 hour period, we can have that information cascade and, and bi-directionally too, right? So as feedback is, you know, as information is going, is going out, feedback is coming back in. And, and that's how we're going to grow. And that's how we're going to continue to develop and to, to, to learn from the field. What are the things that we can do better to support you? So true. I am sitting here in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Um, we have services occurring all over our country. And the effectiveness of any initiative or any change that we want to bring about is how well it's actually occurring in the field. The technicians of Centria clinically are the most important role of, our, of, of the organization. They're the tips of the spears that, that, that we're firing, right? And they are the ones that uh, we need to hear from, yeah. right? I can, have a, I can have an idea. You know, once a year, I have a great idea. Ideas are cheap and ideas are easy, right? Like we've talked a lot about this, but how well those ideas are executed 
and implemented in the field matter. Yeah. There's unforeseen consequences. There's things that occur that weren't planned. And we need to have that bi-directional communication. And we got to really shorten the gap with which communication flows. And so part of this meeting structure is by Thursday, from Thursday to the following Tuesday, information can go to every single person in our organization through a human exchange, not an email. Um, our technicians are busy, right? Yep. Ideal world, I'd love to have full-time techs in every position. That's just not the reality. We have techs that work in multiple jobs or going to school full-time. And we can't expect them to like be on their on their computer, on their phone, checking their email all the time. And we don't want them to, right? We want them to be part of a, a personal team that we're invested together for a great mission that we have. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks, Tim. And um, I, I think just having those really guiding principles of the the purpose behind the meeting is is important, right? Um, and, and that's a starting point. So. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's the why behind the meetings. Um, maybe we can get more into some of the more practical, like parameters around the meeting. Let's let's maybe shift to the how. Um, you know, how how will these meetings be structured, and and what can our behavior technicians expect to get out of them? That's great. So let's let's get at this first through a metaphor. Um, for our behavior technicians that are um, listening, when you're working with a client. You have a goal, right? The how you're going to achieve that goal is is in your program, right? And program description and and the information that the clinician's providing you. The how may change over time, but the goal shouldn't change, right? We want a client to talk. There's, you know, 40 different approaches that we can take in the literature on on tactics to to get a, a child to talk. We may change those tactics over time. But the, but the why, the goal, that, that's, that's the target that we're shooting for. So right now, the how is we're having weekly meetings. So a 15-minute weekly meeting. In the business world, they call them a stand-up meeting, right? Like there are 15 minutes. Let's, let's, let's meet together. Let's define our goals for the week. Let's celebrate what's happened in the past week. Let's get some quick communication out, and let's go and, like, succeed in the week. Um. And so in those 15-minute meetings that should be happening on a Monday or Tuesday, they should expect to like review goals from the previous week, review success stories from the previous week, review a topic that we're pushing down. Um, I'm really excited about the structure that we have with respect to the topics that we're rolling out. We have a value of the month. We have you know an ethical topic that we're going to tra- talk about, a behavior analytic topic. We're going to have like a software Care Connect pro tip. Um, and, and ideally, we, we want to set the stage for them to communicate with their peers, learn a little bit about what we're doing, learn about what the organization wants them to know, um, and and be successful for the week. But like any program they're running, you know, child ain't responded 100% day one, right? There, there's a trend to the data. There, there's growth in learning. And so that that's where we're at. We're, we're learning through this process. And right now, 1,790 no, 1,798 techs are attending a meeting. That's that's, awesome. that's fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic. And and I think that, you know, <laughs> what we're going to learn along the way, we're just going to continue to refine these structures, right? Um, and and I think it, you know, an early point, it, it's setting the 
setting the occasion, right? To, to have that peer-to-peer interaction, to have that, you know, rapport building and, and, and communication stream. I think it's going to be hugely impactful, right? And we're only going to get better at it. Um, so, you know, we've had this structure in place for a couple weeks now. Um, could you share any maybe positive feedback or, or news from the field um, that you've heard so far? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, one thing you learn in a role like mine or yours or any role we have staff is that uh, feedback's valuable. You know, we just had a, a clinical summit. Uh, we're going through this leadership series with John Austin, which is fantastic. And one of them was on feedback and he categorized feedback in three ways. You know, what, what is insightful, what's an outlier and what's mainstream, right? We get a lot of mainstream feedback from uh, technicians over 1500 uh, responses to the latest survey and a lot of them are people saying that they really appreciate the time 76 percent of our techs you know are thankful to have this opportunity which is fantastic um i uh i remember one story from northern california of a technician who reached out and just said like she finally feels like she's working for a company and she's part of a team and um, she talked about a, a challenge that she was having with her client that she was able to share in the tech meeting and got an answer right away and was able to implement that and with the guidance of her clinician and and it was solved and, and it worked and it was she found success. And we have stories um, like that from Texas. I, I received you know some feedback from our, our technicians in, in Texas that are just loving the fact that they get to meet with their clinician. Um, and for our clinicians that may listen, like it's 15 minutes out of your day, but it's, it's, a, it's been an important aspect of, of a lot of the technicians stories and, and what they're sharing. And so, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, insightful feedback on like how we can improve it, but I got a lot of great, just like positive feedback of like, they appreciate the time they're, they're excited about this. And really this flies, this flies in the face of any narrative around larger organizations. Um, like cutting out billable, non-billable time, right? Like mm-hmm. this is an investment into our people. Like th- this isn't something that our funding sources are paying for. Or, or, you know, we're, this is a strict investment into our people and how we you know, function as a team. And um, it, it's been great so far to hear such a positive impact that a lot of these meetings are having. And and for the, the negative feedback or the more constructive feedback, that, that's great too. Like we're learning. Similar to any correction process that you have when you're running a discrete trial, like it's just all learning and, and, and we're going to learn through it. And so um, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. And I'm appreciative of like in the midst of all of this, we got a clinical staff that's willing to lean into it and, uh, and look past the short-term consequences into like the long-term value of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Tim. Great. So maybe uh, to shift gears a little bit, Tim, I know we've been talking a lot about receiving feedback from team members and our clinical staff and our behavior technicians. Um, what is maybe one differing viewpoint on, on the meeting structure? Like if you were to pinpoint like maybe one piece of pushback that that you've, you've maybe heard, um, what like, what would be your approach to some of those things of, of how we can look at some of those, you know, common obstacles and, and, and how can you address those? For sure. Um, one thing that I work really hard at and I don't always succeed at 
is creating an environment where feedback can flow without fear, right? Like psychological safety is something we're learning about and something that I'm priding myself on is um, send feedback. So I get a lot of feedback. I hear feedback from our technicians. I hear feedback from our clinicians. Um, and part of it is like, let's have some empathy for everybody, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are working multiple jobs. Single parents are home with their families, with their kids. You know, it's, it's tough. So there, there's empathy there. Um, running a group meeting is hard. It's not a skill that our supervising clinicians are trained in or practiced. Running a group meeting virtually is even harder. And so I, I get pushed back like, you know, the meeting wasn't that great. I didn't get anything from this one meeting, right? Um, you know, and I tend to think that like, one, I'm sorry, that, that you should be getting something from every meeting. But if you're not, that's feedback for your supervising clinician, right? Like, let's, let's, let's come to an understanding that like, we have to agree on the why. We have to agree that everybody should feel included and part of a team, that they have a support network, right? You know, at minimum, having technicians know other technicians that may be working a block away from them that they never met before is a fantastic first step. Um, but they're not going to be always be great from the beginning. I still struggle at running effective meetings, and we have, but we have clinical directors that, that I work with that are fantastic. It's a skill set to be developed. It's a behavior to be developed. So work with your clinician. Give them the feedback. They're filtering that feedback up to their clinical directors and to us, and we're constantly working on how to make this better. But don't expect greatness from the start, right? Yeah, yeah. I think back to my, you know, courses that I took in graduate school and leading group meetings was not on that syllabi, right? Not at all. <laughs> it's a skill set. It takes time. Yeah. And, and we ask so much of our, cl our clinical staff, right? Here's one more thing we're asking of them and we want you to do it great. It's going to take time. Yep. Exactly. I'm, I'm surrounded here at headquarters by people who run meetings every day and they ain't always doing it great. Right. Right. Sure. So sure. the fantastic thing as a behavior analyst is like, we understand the history. We also know that it's a learned behavior that we can teach and can be shaped over time. And, and we are helping and going to continue to help our clinicians just do a better job at it. Absolutely. I, I was just going to go to that point, Tim, of, you know, we are not expecting perfection <laughs> on day one with the clients that we work with, right? Like skill development takes time. It takes, it takes shaping. It takes, you know, feedback. It takes reinforcement. Um, Linda LeBlanc uh, is an incredible behavior analyst. She spoke at one of our, you know, recent meetings and she said a, a point that I love that just uh, give change a chance, right? And then that's what we're, we're really asking. We're asking for your feedback. We're asking for, you know, time to, to continue to grow and develop it. And um, I think if we can really be aligned at the, the heart of the matter of the why behind it and that our desire is to better support our staff and we're, we're really going out there, we're, we're behaving, we're, we're trying things and we're going to continue to try things uh, until we arrive at something that's really great um, and it takes a team. So we're, we're very happy and proud to be a part of all of all of our technicians and, and clinical staff for sure you have to behave to be shaped and that's what we're doing and it's going to take all of us together to achieve the mission that we have you, know, you, you can't get to high quality therapy alone you can't get to high quality therapy from a top-down approach it's going to take all of us and this is just the first initiative of many of where we're trying to put together a team to be able to be successful
and our mission to serve all kids. Awesome. Well, thanks, Tim. Awesome conversation. Look forward to having you back and, and checking back in on all the exciting things that we have in store for 2021. And uh, appreciate your time today. Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the BT Focus podcast. As we learn more about the stories and the science behind applied behavior analysis. 